Hello everyone and welcome to episode 564 of So You Want to Be a Writer, the podcast that's all about writing and publishing. My name's Valerie Koo. I'm CEO of the Australian Writers' Centre, the world's leading centre for writing courses, and I'm your host. What have you been up to this week? I have been busy mentoring the wonderful members of our Freelance Writing Masterclass program and also members of our Copy Club program. Every month we have a full week, so an entire seven days, where you get unlimited access to advice, my advice, on your writing, whether that's a pitch you're sending to an editor or an article that you've written or a thought leadership piece that maybe you're ghostwriting for someone else. I love these sessions and they're all one-on-one with me and they're all about you and your writing. Before we move on to this week's awesome author, I have a fun fact for you. You may have seen in comic books and sometimes in regular books um, that sometimes the author uses a series of symbols instead of swearing. So, you know, that's where you might have an asterisk or a dollar sign or an ampersand and a percentage sign or a hashtag or something. And that's what's used instead of a swear word. Well, do you know what that's called? It is called a Grawlix. That's G-R-A-W-L-I-X, Grawlix. And it is where you replace a swear word with a combination of those sorts of symbols. It was actually coined uh, by, the, the word was coined by cartoonist Mort Walker in his book, The Lexicon of Comicana, which was published in 1980. But anyway, now you know what it is. It's a Grawlix. And now on to our writer in residence for this episode. Today I'm talking to Claire Thompson. Claire is a picture book author and her debut picture book, Lily the Inventor, is out with Redback Publishing. And I just love it, especially because it is a true story. Thanks so much for joining us today, Claire. Thank you, Valerie. It's such an honour. Well, it's so exciting to be talking to you about your picture book, Lily the Inventor. Now, I I was just so captured by this story. Um, For people who have yet to get their own copy, can you tell us what it's about? Absolutely. Lily the Inventor, it's out with Redback Publishing and it has been illustrated by the wildly talented Zoe Bennett. So this is a true story, Valerie. Uh, Lily the Inventor is the true story of a seven-year-old girl, Lily Bourne, who loves inventing and Lily has this little special invention booklet and she scribbles down all these crazy ideas she has. She wants to invent uh, broccoli that tastes like chocolate and an umbrella that won't blow inside out. But more than anything, she wants to invent something special to help her hero. So her hero is grandpa. He has Parkinson's disease and Lily notices he needs a little bit of help sometimes to do things differently. When she goes for lunch at Grandma and Grandpa's house, his shaky hands make his drink spill. And Lily watches this and she thinks, I'm sure I can invent a better cup to help Grandpa. So that's the mission. She sets herself this task to invent the perfect spill-proof cup to help her Grandpa. And she figures if it can help Grandpa, it can help all the other people in the world who have Parkinson's disease. So I won't give the ending away, although you can possibly guess where it's going. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so it's, it's a true story. Yes, it's not only a gorgeous story. The fact that it's true is also what makes it even more captivating. Where in the world, how in the world did you come across Lily's story? 
I um I had when I started writing picture books and I sort of got into this world and decided this is what I want to do. I realized like very early on that what I was what I wanted to do was tell true stories. So narrative nonfiction, and I was really drawn to the idea of telling true stories of inspiring kids all around the world who are out there doing remarkable things. And I just sort of looked online and I thought, I wonder what's out there. And then I started finding all these true stories um, across everything, across science, across art, sport, music, kids, seven-year-old kids kicking goals and doing fantastic things. And Lily was one of the stories that I found in my research. And I thought, yeah, I've got to, that's got to be a picture book. I absolutely love it. It actually is a really, really inspiring story, obviously made all the more inspiring by the fact that it's true. So tell us, can you walk us through your journey to publication? Like when your your background is in journalism and PR, uh, when did you decide, okay, I'm going to become a picture book author now? Uh, I've had this, um, well, I've had a love of writing my whole life. So ever since I was a little girl, I wanted to be an author. In fact, when my book came out a few weeks back, my aunt said to me, I remember you saying at seven years old, you were going to be an author one day. And I was like, wow, because I don't remember that. But, you know, from that young age. Um, But life sometimes gets in the way of our dreams, doesn't it? And I've had a couple of goes at writing a novel and it wasn't quite right for me and it didn't work out and the dream got shelved again. And it was a couple of years back on maternity leave with my second baby when I was deep in picture book land with my four-year-old that I thought, yeah, this is something that maybe I can give it a go. It felt more manageable than a novel because they're shorter, but as you quickly learn as you get onto this journey, (laughs) it's not any easier. (laughs) Okay, so you think, okay, this might be the time and you enrolled in the writing picture books course at the Australian Writers' Centre. What did you get out of that course? Everything. I got out of that course everything that I needed to set me on my journey to become a picture book author, to try and become a picture book author. So I think the fundamental thing from from that course um, was that it gave me the toolkit and I think I think it's great. It's wonderful having a great idea. I guess I had a bit of false confidence because I've worked with words my whole life that you think oh, I can write. I've got a good idea. How hard can it be? And the answer is pretty hard. But there is a structure to writing a picture book. There is a formula. There is a shape that your story needs to take. There are techniques that you need to use. Um, there's a whole lot of stuff that you need to think about. But once you have that toolkit, you're armed to go out there and and create your story. So that was a very important element of the course. But also the background about the industry and an understanding of uh, how do you know? I didn't know anything about it. How does the publishing industry work? How do you go about getting a story in front of a publisher? What do they want? You know, and then you you realize it's important to, you can't just have an idea, or you can if you want to, that's great. But is it something that's marketable? Is it something that publishers are looking for? Do you know which publisher might be a good fit? So there was all this industry background that I got from the course that was not only invaluable, but it was fascinating. Absolutely. Like I loved every minute of that course. And when it was over, I felt sad because I just enjoyed every element of it, every element. It was fantastic. And the confidence, 
doing that course, I've got my toolkit, I understand a bit about the industry, I understand I need to write a cover letter and I need to pitch my story. And, you know, there's kind of a package of things that need to happen here, a suite of activity that needs to happen to get my story out there. And knowing that, um, it inspired me and it gave me the confidence that, yeah, I can give this a, a good go. I love that. And I love the fact that you want to concentrate on nonfiction stories about inspiring children. That is just so, so brilliant. And it's also a great USP for you, right? Um, unique selling point uh, for you as an author. So with um, uh, Lily the Inventor, you kind of start researching, you discover Lily's story. Can you just walk us through then what happened next? Did you go, did you because you would have come across other stories of oh, other children. I have a whole series. I have a series, Valerie. <laughs> I imagine. I have a series. <laughs> so how long did it take you and when, if you can give us a bit of a timeline, when did you do this, write the story of Lily? Yeah, so Lily was one of the stories straight out of the gates after doing the course. And actually in the last two years since I've been writing picture books, this story came to me quite quickly, the writing of it. And I think it's because all of those learnings were really fresh in my head. So the manuscript, it takes me a long time normally to write a manuscript, but Lily came quite quickly. The first thing that I did though was contact her family and check if she would be happy to be in a picture book because you don't want to get so far along the journey and you've got a publisher and you've got your story and then, you know, the family or the child turns around and say, oh, we don't want to be in a picture book for whatever reasons mm -hmm. so I contacted Lily I didn't just want her permission I wanted to talk to her and find out more about her to really make that story sing to get the information to write the story so I interviewed her um how because, old is Lily now when you oh, when you interviewed her? 17 now mm -hmm. so she's grown up but she's been she's been doing the cups you know for many years now and helping all these people and gone on to win awards and things so she's pretty amazing um, so I interviewed her, I got her permission, I really was able to get to like the heart of the story from doing that. Wrote the story, spent time editing it, um, the usual process, sending it out to people in my critique group, getting it absolutely perfect before you start submitting because you only get one shot <laughs> with each publisher. And then the next step was to research the publishers. Um, and because this story is narrative nonfiction, so you're not going to send it to a publisher that likes funny rhyming stories. It has to be the right fit. So I researched my publishers and I spent quite a while submitting that story. Like I didn't just send it to one publisher. I tailored cover letters and I sent it out pretty broadly. And then I moved on to my next project and the rejections started to come in until I got a yes. <laughs> that's so awesome yeah the thing also is that even though it's non-fiction uh, there's a, some people might think oh well it's just sort of told in a series of facts it's it's not, it's just gorgeous there's so many fantastic words turns of phrases there um there's so much you can really feel what's going on it's just and the illustrations are brilliant um so it's just a great package now, you got a yes from Redback, and when was that? Oh, that was so that was back in July last year. So this has actually been pretty quick as far as the process of from getting your yes 
to your book being released, um, for me, I was quite lucky that it happened quite quickly because a lot of picture book authors, they're waiting two years to see mm. their book. So Redback was quick. Um, and the process was a little bit unusual that I went through with Redback because normally publishers have their pool of illustrators that they like to work with. Redback generally only accepts complete works, which is an author illustration, um, illustrator submission. And I had written to them because sometimes I think you just have to try different things. And I thought the book would be such a good fit for them because they have all these fabulous educational kind of titles and it's a science story. So I wrote to them and I said, I think my book would be a great fit for you. It has all these great science themes. I understand that you normally accept author illustrator submissions because you want them to know that you've read the guidelines. <laughs> I said, but um, if you like the story, I will work with you and I will help source an illustrator, which I didn't think they'd go for, but they did. They were happy to do that. And because the, the kid-lit writing community, um, there's such an active online community and I was already connected to a lot of very talented, emerging or aspiring illustrators who would love a chance to have a picture book. So I approached a few illustrators and put together a shortlist um, for Redback and we worked together on that. So, so that was a bit unusual. Can you remember uh, or can you describe to me the moment where you got the phone call or email about the yes? Vividly. <laughs> <laughs> I actually do this little thing on um I don't do it anymore because I have an agent now but last year I think just to amuse myself as much as anything else uh, I would film myself reading emails from publishers like in real time and I sort of had this vision that it's going to take me maybe five years maybe 10 years to get published but I'm just going to read them all and I posted them on my socials and you know it's a no it's a no and I had this grand vision that I'm going to be getting older and my kids are going to grow up and and one day I'm going to get this yes um but the day that I did get the yes it was only like the eighth one in this video series that I'd been filming them and I saw the email pop in and I got my camera and I thought it will be a no but it's okay it's content for my socials so that's great and when I read it and it was a yes not even acquisitions like it was a yes straight out of the gates I couldn't believe it. I was just stunned. And I hear these stories from other authors who they say, oh, I burst into tears, which is what I thought I would do. Or I was running around the room screaming. But I was stunned. I actually didn't believe it. I didn't believe it, it was real. I picked up the phone and I called them <laughs> to bear Like, why wouldn't it be real? Of course it was real. But yeah, so stunned. <laughs> I was stunned. So what happened? You were just filming yourself with your mouth open? <laughs> Yeah, you can see. I'll send you the video, Valerie. It's on my um, on my Instagram, but you can see my eyes like racing ahead as I'm trying to absorb this email because as I'm reading it aloud, and normally they all start in this very generic way, you know, thank you for your submission. We're sorry to inform you that at this time it's not the right fit. And it was like we loved it and this is going to be a great fit for our collection. So if it's still available, um, you know, the contract will follow soon. And you can see me reading it and my face is just flabbergasted. <laughs> oh, my God, I love it. Okay, so that's sort of like around mid last year when yeah. that happened and you had written it and um, it's now out in the world, which is so wonderful because, I mean, it's such a great story. What's the What have you been writing since? Oh, I 
mainly narrative nonfiction. So I have, but I sort of dabble around in different things. So I have about 20 different story ideas of kids that I've researched. A lot of them I've interviewed already who are artists or mathematicians or um, rock stars, kids doing amazing things. And I, I have a vision one day <laughs> of like, hey, um, you know, the uh, Little People Big Dreamers series. Right. Something like that, but with kids. So I have I, ha I have a number of these books written already. I've also done an anthology of true stories um, of amazing kids. Which is you mean picture books? Picture that one's an anthology. It's like a, a kind of middle grade, longer right. form, um, like collection of stories. I had a go at writing a middle grade a couple of months ago. I had the urge. I was inspired by a lot of these true stories from the kids, and I thought maybe I'll um, weave them into a middle grade. So I wrote this, just banged out a 30,000 word first draft, but it was no good, Valerie, because <laughs> I've the course. I haven't done the break. You'll have to do writing children's novels. Yes. I see you've got a course coming up in a few weeks. I'm like, I need to bin what I wrote because I did it in the wrong order. You have to learn the tools first. And I had an idea and I wanted to get the words on the page, but I have to learn the structure. So, But I'm still writing picture books too. I kind of, I've always got a few projects on the go, as you would imagine. So what's the amount of, how much time do you spend doing, you know, PR slash journalism and how much time do you spend writing children's books? I'm working full time at the moment. So I'm in a um a media manager like comms role. So that's full time with a long commute into the city and little kids. So days are out, early mornings are out because I'm already up at five and out the door. Weekends are out because of kids' activities, but I write every day and I'd have to do it at night when the kids are asleep. So that is my time. And it doesn't How much time do you have? like a two or three hour window. I do it. It's become a habit now since mm. doing the um, that first AWC picture book course because I used to read at night or watch TV or talk to my partner. But after that course, every night after the kids were asleep from eight till about half 10, 11 is as late as I can possibly go because I have to be up early. But that's a reasonable chunk. It's like two and a half hours, maybe three hours if I'm really into something a night. And that is non-negotiable for me. Um, and it's become a habit. They say it takes three months to form a habit. And now, like, I couldn't imagine what else I would do if I didn't do that because that's what I do every night. I just love the discipline. That's just fantastic. I All right. You know, because if I didn't do it then, when when would I do it? And I hear people writing, you know, busy people with jobs and kids who can write in the kind of cracks of time during the day. But I find that hard, like a stolen 20 minutes in the car while the kids are in dance class. I need like a, a bigger window to, to immerse myself. Yes, it is it is harder, especially when you're doing the writing. You can't. I can do that when it's editing because, mm -hmm. you know, it's a little bit different. Um, so uh, it is the situation at the moment because I, I just would be clamouring for more of these true stories of this narrative nonfiction. So is the situation at the moment that you are, uh, you've got a bunch of other inspiring stories and they're out on submission? What's the, what's the go? Yeah, that's right. I'm, I'm writing my inspiring stories. Um, they're out on submission. I might've got a bit of good news from a publisher 
recently <laughs> in the last day or two that I'm not allowed probably to say yet. It might be a little bit premature, but there has been some interest in them and I'm hoping that we will see some more in the world soon. It will oh, yeah. Like there needs to be more <laughs> narrative nonfiction for kids like this about kids, you know, okay. as and opposed I, you know, to... One focuses on science, but there's... Yeah. There's this beautiful girl in Melbourne who's an artist who had her first art exhibition at four years old in New York who is creating these amazing paintings and um, a, another boy in Byron Bay who's on a mission to save the ocean. Like there's so many great stories. So I'm trying to get them out there, Valerie. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, all right. So um, fast forward five years, What's what do you want your writing life to look like? your life to look like it the goalposts change all the time <laughs> because I think you start this journey and I did the picture book course and you just want a picture book and that's that's the goal if I could get a picture book published that would be the whole world um but it's like a runaway train and once you start there's not just one story to tell there's so many stories so I think more books I want to keep writing I have no intention of um, I wouldn't be able to stop even if I tried it would be nice in five years to maybe be at a point in my author career if I can ambitiously call it that um, where I could maybe work part-time and have I'd love to have a day to write and a day to get out and do school visits and author talks and things like that would be I feel like that would be a good balance I love it. All right. Well, congratulations on Lily, the inventor. I just think your mission to bring true true stories about inspiring kids to the world is so wonderful. Um, and thank you so much for your time today, Claire. Thank you so much, Valerie. It's been an absolute pleasure. This podcast is brought to you by the Australian Writers' Centre, a world leader in writing courses. If you'd love to create your own picture book, a popular five-week course in writing picture books will show you how. In less than a few hours a week, you'll discover what you need to know about point of view in a picture book, structure and pace, as well as language and rhythm, finding the right voice, working with illustrators, publishing options and much more. Complete it online for ultimate convenience and receive personalised tutor feedback on your writing. Find out more at writerscentre.com.au slash picturebooks.